Welcome to the Whale Scout Podcast, everyone. My name is Whitney Nagabauer, and today we are joined by Alexandra Johnston, and we are going to be talking about the upcoming film, Searching for Chinook. Alexandra, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am all right. I <laughs> wanted to just get right into talking about um, this amazing project that you've been working on. And, and first, let's learn a little bit about you. Tell us um, a little bit about yourself and how you got into killer whales. Yeah, I don't think some. I don't think killer whales was something that I got into. It was something that was always there with me. I don't really know when the love started. I just always know that I've been so passionate about them. Um, but I worked as a talent manager for the last six, just yeah, the last six years um, in the entertainment industry, and also worked with the charity Dolphin Project. Um, and so what I've done, especially with this film, is just combine my my knowledge and my passion um, for making films and making entertainment and marine life. And so is this the first film that you have um, worked on? Yes, it is. <laughs> I am. Um, I was a talent manager before, so looking after actors. And um, this was just my passion and something I felt that I needed to to do. And so... Um, my friend Maisie Williams, who is an actress, said, "Okay, well then, you know, this is this topic is really important with the Southern residents. You're so passionate about it, and it's um, an issue that the world should know about. So let's do it, and that's what we did." And so, what is the process like, starting from an idea and then um, sort of launching right into it? It's a roller coaster of of everything. It's exciting because you feel like you're going to make a change you're going to do something good and when it's an idea there's you there's all these possibilities and there's so much hope and so much you think you can do and we funded this off a kickstarter so I'm always so grateful for everybody who believed in that idea and who believes in the cause and helped me and the small team that is searching for Chinook um, make this documentary possible Um, but then actually getting to be on the island and film it that's when I guess the real work starts and any idea you think you have about what you're going to film kind of goes out the window and it did especially that summer with everything that happened with J35 carrying her calf and J50 there was all these unprecedented actions and things going on um so we really just tried to focus on the story at hand and you know, and also tell the story for the incredible people on the island and this community that was working so, so hard to try and save these whales. Um, and now we're in a different stage where we're in post-production and that just brings on a ton of new stress and <laughs> new obstacles. So take us back to the time that you spent filming the whales and what was the story that you had in mind that you were going to tell and how did that change over the course of your time filming? Well, the story really, it was much the same in that we wanted to share the plight of, you know, these endangered southern resident killer whales. Um, And the reason being for their decline in food source Chinook salmon. But I think being on the island and like what happened with J35, nobody knew that she was going to carry her calf for those many days. Nobody knew that J50, you know, that there was going to be a response team on the water every day trying to save her. 
And so the, I guess the narrative, we just tried to follow what was happening as it was happening. And, you know, we had some wonderful contributors who let us follow them around every single day and spend time with them when it was a really difficult time to, to be somebody who was trying to help the Southern residents. Um, there was just so many challenges. And so we just really stuck to what we felt needed to be told. Um, and that's, yeah, yeah. And what we're really trying to do is take this big complex issue that surrounds the Southern residents and put that into a documentary that people can watch that don't have any information on them and don't know who they are and don't know what the dams are and don't know what Chinook salmon is. Um, so that's what we've tried to do. I think that summer that you're referring to where, you know, J35 Telequah carried her calf for 17 days. Yeah. J50 was so ailing and, and thin and this effort on the water was so dramatic and yeah. and um, and crazy and like a circus some people have described. I mean, there's hopefully never going to be a summer like that ever again. And hopefully the whales won't have to go through anything like that again. But it really does, I think, tell just how dire of a situation the whales are in right now. Um, you know, in envisioning this film and in what would happen in the end, can you share a little bit more about the actions and the the things that you are hoping to inspire people to 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 do and to to be involved with after watching yeah. the film yeah absolutely i um you know we're not here to i guess uh, tell people what they have to do but to present facts um and you guys you know people have to decide what they want to do with those facts do you want to stop eating chinook salmon so that the supply and demand stops and the whales have more. Do you want to pick up the phone and call your elected government and ask them, you know, and tell them I'm in support of breaching the lower Snake River dams? You know, we have we have all these facts that we need to present to people and um, and hope that, you know, everyone can take action. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world to make those decisions and those choices. And that's really what we want to do is, you know, give the information to everybody um, because it is a global issue and everybody around the world should be aware and they can you know, play a part in restoring these whales and their ecosystem and their habitat. What were some of the highlights and some of the challenges with filming? I always say this, the highlights were definitely the people um, because... I'm, I'm sure you know there's a community on that island and a community that love these whales that is just something so special about it you know I went there specifically for the whales but completely fell in love with the island and fell in love with the people um you know who now I consider family and just I'm so so close to um so that was definitely a highlight was you know those relationships with people and the challenges were it was very difficult to watch the whales suffer so publicly and so you know you could see it we all know that they're not getting enough food, but we could physically see J50 struggling to swim. We could physically see J35 carrying her calf. And that was really, really difficult. And to try and balance, I guess, being somebody who's very passionate about these whales and loves them so much, but then also trying to think as a filmmaker, okay, what footage do we need? How are we going to capture that? How, you know, and um, not be so emotional at times, I guess. Right. Yeah, and it is a truly an emotional story. 
Um, so now you are in more of a post-production phase. Tell us a little bit about what's that like? What is the typical timeline on things like this? You know, a lot of us have no idea what goes into making a film. Yeah, well, it's 2020 and it's not <laughs> been a, <laughs> an easy year. So the timeline has been a lot slower um, than we would have hoped. But we've we've worked really, really hard to to try and keep working on this film um, and keep as much momentum and keep going as much as we can. But it's not been that easy, as I'm sure everyone else is experiencing with their own jobs um, and work and stuff. But yeah, post-production, obviously, it takes a lot longer than the filming because there's so much that goes into it. You know, with we have we had like three or four months worth of footage that we got back and we had to watch and be like, okay, now let's edit all this out. And this, you know, you you get so connected to the story and so connected to people and, and things that happened in your memory, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that needs to translate on screen. And so it's really difficult to be ruthless and, and pick out what's really necessary for the audience. Right. So how long do you imagine the film will be in the end? <laughs> I mean, if I had it my way, about two weeks. But... <laughs> Um, I mean, I would, I would hope it's going to be around about an hour, an hour 30, maybe. Okay. And so Mm -hmm. how many hours of work does that take to edit that down? And what's the cost on something like that? Yeah, I mean, the cost is, has been, well, we're currently, we're trying to raise finance to finish post-production. We're still working on it, of course. But, you know, for editors, for grading, for sound, you know, there's so many elements and components that come into, you know, bringing people a finished piece that they can watch and enjoy. Um, So we have actually teamed up with C2C Eyewear, who make sustainable sunglasses for marine debris. And they've produced a limited edition collection of sunglasses for searching for Chinook and at the minute, we're encouraging people, you know, if you're going to buy a pair of sunglasses, maybe consider buying these sustainable sunnies. And you're also helping us finish the documentary um, and raise awareness for the Southern residents. So, yeah, the cost is is what's been difficult. And we were obviously funded by a Kickstarter and we've put all our own money and energy into it. And so we're just going to continue to try and raise a bit more money and get it finished. So if people want to help and they want to purchase some of those sunglasses, where should they go? Or maybe they would just want to contribute financially. Um, where can you direct them? Yeah, so on our Instagram at Searching for Chinook, we have a Shopify shop on there. So you can either swipe up and go and be directed to the C2C iOS store or you, we have merch on there. And we also are doing a winter raffle, which is amazing because so many wonderful people have donated all these really cute gifts um so we're doing a raffle yes that will be running from the 12th to the 26th of november and the winners will be announced on the 30th as well so any yeah anything that in any ways in which you can help you can find on our website so just go to our instagram and click on that and there's tons of ideas and ways to help wonderful and i know a lot of people out there are looking forward to seeing the film i know that the timeline has been shifted everyone's timelines and calendars are totally discombobulated <laughs> right now anyway but any idea of when Absolutely. people might be able to see the film and and how i know in these days a lot of films are being released virtually online um with screenings online is that something that you guys are considering 
Absolutely, because the whole purpose of making this film was a passion project and it was for, you know, it was to get the message to as many people as we could. And so in whatever way I'm able to do that to get, you know, get to the biggest audience, then that's what we'll do. Um, And I guess it makes sense right now with everything that's going on for it to be online. Um, But yeah, I can't, I can't say too much right now because nothing's been fully confirmed or decided, but that's what I would, I'd want. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for for chatting today and sharing an update with us about the film. We are looking forward to it and uh, just appreciate everything that you are doing to also help spread the word about our Southern resident killer whales and, and their plight. So thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for having me on and let me talk about whales. It makes such a difference in talking about the election and (laughs) these other horrible issues. Um, It's nice to talk about whales for a bit. (laughs) Yes, it is. Certainly. Thank you so much.